everybody we are um basically um, going live today it's been a while since we had a regular show thank you for everybody that's been tuning in for the uh the past weekends the special interviews and stuff we just had joe kim morales for uh he is the um, owner of battle club pro um be sure to if you are making your way or if you are in the new york area to get your tickets for this uh, this friday excuse me i'm getting all my dicks messed up for Unfinished Business, which will be their show coming up. Um, tons of good matches. Check out the interview to get the breakdown of each matches, the sort of the motivation behind the name and so forth. Really good interview. So um, I'll be there live in the building. So definitely give me a shout if you're coming out. But um, you can get all that information at X Battle Club Pro on your Twitter machine. And that will get you all caught up to speed. And again, check out that interview with that. But this is our regular show this weekend, where we're going to break down some topics, the latest things happening in the wrestling world, debate them, discuss them, reactions, all that other good stuff. And I can't do it alone. I got the crew with me tonight, Jamal and Marcellus. What is going on, fellas? Ain't much, man. How y'all feeling? Yeah, pretty good. I um I stuttered bring it coming into the show because uh, if anybody don't know, we do our show um on YouTube. You got the ricochet picture up. <laughs> hey, I saw that earlier. That was so funny. That I didn't get it the first second, but I, I did laugh. But um, <laughs> anybody that know, we do our show uh, live on uh, on YouTube, um, which is basically uh, where we do our interface through Google Hangouts, and it kind of connects through YouTube. But I got this nice message on here. I don't know if you guys see it on your end, but it says, your Hangouts is now live. Hangouts on air is going away later this year for quick streaming. <laughs> try YouTube webcam. Well, that to the drawing boards. And to be honest, I'm not mad at that Hangouts is going away because it's been a complete disaster for us. And they, the, the the engineers and developer, they obviously didn't care about this. So I don't know why we should, but that's that. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, yeah, we're going to get into some topics this week. Um, a lot of different things is happening in the wrestling world. July alone has a really busy schedule for live wrestling events and so forth. Um, but we're just going to try to pick a few things to talk about tonight and uh, give a, give give some, like I said, reactions, thoughts, and and uh, so forth on it. So um, I know the one thing that really, really, really caught my eye this weekend, and it's not really the biggest topics, but I am curious since I believe, especially me and Jamal for sure. And Jamal, matter of fact, Jamal, you just came back from um, two weeks ago. You went to the NXT. Uh, yeah, I was at um, yeah, Takeover Bridgeport. Yeah, Bridge. Yeah, you, no one went to that actually. But take I was over, there. Take over fifteen uh, that you went to. How was it in the building? Actually, didn't get your thoughts on it. Um, the show was fine. Yeah. Uh, and and the the Webster Bank Arena not the biggest place, maybe eight thousand total. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it was it was a, it was a great show. As Takeover rarely disappoints. The question really is, you know, why there? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, why then? I mean, they could have easily sold out a bigger building. They've sold out Barclays before. They sold out Staples Center before. They, you know, taken it to Toronto and England and 
and we're in the 25th anniversary, the 25th show, not anniversary, but the 25th takeover special. To commemorate that, they do it in beautiful Bridgeport, Connecticut. <laughs> so, um, it, it you know the show the show itself was fine, uh, and obviously is just obnoxious how over Adam Cole is. <laughs> um, and having it in Connecticut, we did see a lot of people drive down from the Boston area, obviously local to Connecticut, and a lot of people on uh, Metro North going back to New York City with me after the show. Uh, a lot of Adam Cole, Bay Bay, uh, chance on the train, you know, going back to uh, New York, but uh, just a really good show. I mean, NXT rarely disappoints. So, yeah, yeah, yeah add another one to the list. Yeah, um, for sure. Enjoy watching it from home. Definitely a good yep. show all the way around. I can't really remember my highs and lows of it, but uh, <coughs> I definitely enjoyed the show. And as you said, NXT rarely disappoints. But that, to bring up my topic, I was going to break up was uh, but we see. Okay, so we know. Um, from either past interviews and some inside scoops, which we don't brag about because that doesn't make it cool or anything, but like that. But we we read between the lines what we've been told, and further further furthermore, we know that NXT was going to acquire an abundance of talent this year, and they have. And we've always very we've we've been very vocal about the fact that NXT roster is so deep of such high prestige prestigious indie talent, what are they going to do with them? And some people immediately got called up um, and they created another belt, which creates another chase for people. And um, even the even the scope of allowing people to still work on the indies as well. So, you know, the exposure is there one way or another, but they're in the WWE system and eventually the goal is all ultimately is to make it to the main roster. And, you know, if you're not getting TV time to get over with the fans, not being featured and so forth, it's really not going to do you any well. So it's always been that thing. What's going to happen to all this abundance of talent? Now, again, there's been a lot of name changes right now. So I'm not even going to pretend like I know what anybody's new name is. (laughs) But um, DJ Z's been signed, obviously. Shane Strickland's been signed. uh, Trevor Lee, I'm about to say Trevor Cole. Trevor Lee's been signed. Um, and uh, who else am I missing? Oh, uh, ACH. Uh, so you, you know, a bunch of people that if you if you're really big in independence, you've known and seen from all over the years or other promotions, whatever. But NST announced on their weekly television this week that they will be doing the NXT Superstar Breakout Tournament, which will be a two, four, six, eight, ten man tournament. Um, which I don't even know what they ultimately win. Uh, maybe they get their names back. I don't know. The real name? Not sure. <laughs> um, but I think I do think it's cool because um the fact that the, the, the fact of the matter is right now the landscape of independent wrestling has changed and people are really scouting hard to get some type of stability. So if it's not impact, if it's not AW, whatever it may be, NXT. And it's always been the thing as a fan to say, like, well, I want my favorite person wherever they go to just get showtime. And as much as I'm a fan of Shane Strickland, I automatically thought, well, it could go two ways. It could be Keith Lee or it could be Donovan Dijak. And I think that this tournament does a good job because as much as we understand the talent, that full sale crowd may or may not know who this person is. But I think that's 
for starters, is a good way to get him familiar with this mainstream audience uh, quickly. And I think this is also another way of, you know, just a quicker way of doing a May Young Classic, but for the guys, sort of say, or Cruiserweight Classic, sort of say, with all weight class, which I would love for them to have just done another Cruiserweight Classic, actually. But um, I think this is another sustainable way to get talent exposure quickly. I don't really see any negativity coming out of this. I, so I'm curious to know, what, you, what is your guys' reaction? And may, am I being too optimistic that this is a good thing, you know? Well, in my opinion, that's what NXT is for. NXT is to expose to the WWE, or not WWE, excuse me, the wrestling mainstream audience of who this is. And there's no better way to do that than to do it on a network in this type of tournament. Um, I'm assuming, and I don't know if you said this as you were doing your intros. I, I hope I didn't miss it. I'm assuming this is going to be done on a se uh, series of Wednesdays, and this is not going to be like no um, one or two day specialty tournament that's going to debut on a Saturday or a Sunday, like a, a pay-per-view or special uh, event. Is it? No, nah, I think it's weekly. It's the weekly okay. thing. So, and, and this is this is something where you can do a slow burn to when the finals comes. The finals might come on their next NXT takeover right before SummerSlam, which will highlight you know just the next up and coming stars that could be pushed on new talent. And this may be helping them guide themselves to two hundred five live. This may help to guide them on uh, how they'll be on NXT throughout the weeks. But I mean, this is the best way to do that. Now, like you said, the, the thing is, all these name changes that's going to throw people around is to have a new identity for them. Um, but this is a good way to expose them and just to show um, the type of talent that, that wrestling has. And once again, if we want to still compare it to AEW, this is a way to compare that, oh, okay, independent guys, if you still want a chance to WWE and have a shot, this is your opportunity where you can do it here. So I would agree. There's no better way to do it than here. I respectfully disagree. Uh, this is here's the thing. If you, you have this tournament and you're just going to insert, you know, 10 fresh faces uh, to the WWE audience um, and you say that this is to act to introduce the uh, these new guys to the um, mainstream audience in a way that's not necessarily scripted yet. Uh, we saw a lot of great wrestling from the Cruiserweight Classic uh, a few years ago, but the only storyline implications that were with, within the tournament. And look what happened there. Yeah, we did get a couple of stars, but nothing like immediately resulted from the Cruiserweight Classic to anyone's storyline going forward. Yeah, well, the Cruiserweight Classic, we know that was just a failure with all the momentum the tournament built. They they really dropped the ball on the next couple of months with that, for sure. Now, see, here's the thing, though. I think that – so the first thing about introducing them to the mainstream audience, um, I would love to agree with you. If the mainstream audience watch NXT, they do not. Um, the second uh, thing is, I was gonna say, when you say mainstream audience, I meant like the audience that only Don't, watches WWE, right? Correct, yeah, I not, agree. not main roster audience, yes. but just okay. like the WWE marks, or exactly. you know what exactly. I mean? Just all stage, okay. shall I say, that just right. only well, then if that's WWE. the case, I think a lot of these guys are big enough where you can go, you know, we're gonna put ACH out there, we're gonna put um, DJZ out there, and and just I think the, the old school way of just introducing them. Maybe have somebody run in at TakeOver, having them in the crowd at, at, at TakeOver, that, that surprise. They didn't do that at TakeOver Bridgeport. Mm -hmm. They had Stephanie McMahon there. And granted, she invented women's wrestling back in 2004, but, <laughs> I mean, I, that, that spot usually is reserved for big breakout talent. So why wasn't ACH in that spot? Well, be, Shane Strickland. Yeah, I understand that. But they do have, I mean, again, this is a 10-man tournament, so... um 
you know, they, they do have so many people that are big in their own rights. You know what I mean? Um, and I, you can't put everybody there. I mean, Kushida, I think, got it. And I mean, he, it, he, if you're talking about all the names here, some of these guys are just local parts of America popular. I mean, ACH is probably international since he did his thing in New Japan, but Kushida's just on a whole nother level. So I'm not sure if it's the deal or is they legitimately are breaking it down to the point of saying, like, this person's been for this long, this many accolades, and this type of exposure. But I, I, I do agree. I'm trying to see both sides of this, too, because any of these guys, GJZ, has been wrestling for a hot, I don't know, almost 15 years. Okay, here's the thing. You, you tell me that you put take GJZ out, and you just cut, have him, like, cut a little a little you know, teaser promo with the helmet on, mm-hmm. and it just says DJZ or whatever his new name is, um, coming Joaquin, soon. Joaquin Phoenix. It ain't Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin something. Oh, Joaquin <laughs> Wild. Joaquin Wild. Um, right. So... If you if you say that Joaquin Wild is coming soon, and he you know and he does the helmet, you tease that over a couple of weeks. Cool, thirty seconds, easy. They can mm-hmm. they they have the production capabilities to do it instantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with any of these other guys, or I mean, or, or even doing a match. I mean, like what what was Elias doing when he uh, first got to the main roster? He just moseyed out there. Yeah, just so, I mean, there, there, are, yep. there are many different ways. Lacey Evans, for whatever reason, did the Elias thing, and it didn't make sense. But the Fernando, if you want that, to go back a little bit further too, he did the same thing just because nobody could say his name correctly. If you want to well, throw that spoof in it, right? So, so, so the point is, is that you don't need to do a tournament just to just to make up for the lack of storyline opportunities. Okay, but let me uh, this though. But let me but let me put this twist. And I don't mean to interrupt, but this is the quickest, and I don't want to say it like a money grab, oh, but eight, the cheapest eight, way eight, to do it. Because if you just put them all at one time, okay, here's all our new talent. We'll bring them out when we're ready. And I'm not saying that's the right thing to do, but for WWE sense and the time crunch that uh, they have against AEW, this may be an easy way to do that where they can expose these are all the big money players that we I thought got. WWE wasn't worried about ACW, AEW. Well, it, I thought they were just a t-shirt about, company. But, but remember <laughs> what we talked about before, NXT is the biggest comparison to AEW. Yeah, Right, but it doesn't matter, though. I mean, they're just a t-shirt company from Chicago. Who cares? They oh, only put on four shows this year. Also, can I just add this real quick? Because I want to clear some of the gaps I said earlier. This is the eight-man tournament, and the winner of this tournament will get an opportunity to face uh, any champion of their choice. And I don't like start, that. It will start June 26th, and uh, it's it's they're calling it the inaugural NXT breakout tournament. And Well, wasn't that the inaugural Cruiserweight Classic? It was. Yeah. All right, then. And the yeah. champion of their choice is going to be Velveteen Dream. I don't think they're going to shoot him up there to Adam Cole. So I hate when they say the champion of their choice. It's, I hate that. So, so, so my point is, is that even though the tournament will be interesting because it's a, it's a ready-built storyline uh, you know, with, with serious implications from the first match on, you don't need to do anything else. It's cut and paste. Whoever wins the tournament is the man. That's all you need to do. I think that's yeah. the easy way out. Because if they're really trying to build to NXT TakeOver Toronto in, in August, um, okay, fine, I get that. But just but there's so many other people in NXT that are uh, on the shelf, uh, whether they're injured or not. But, like, you, how do you have a breakout star, a breakout tournament, which honestly is the same thing as the Ring of Honor version uh, that I can't think of uh, that they've been doing for a long The thing that Dijak won. The, the thing that Dijak won. And no yeah. different than New Japan's Young Lions Cup or anything like that. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. same deal, different name. Yeah. But you can't. How do you have not have that tournament without Keith Lee? 
I mean, I have that tournament without Dijak, who's seeing limited time on TV. I think right, he's still right, right. Dijak's, hurt, Dijak's hurt too, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, but I get it. I, but I, that's I, my point, I, though. I feel like yeah, I get it. I feel like like Jamal's point is valid because this is something or idea that could have been thought upon before, and while they're they're, they're doing it at like a really like I'm not gonna say sketchy, but a questionable point of like now you're doing it. Um, what is, I, I, here's I think the thing. It's no better time than than, ne- than than ever. You know what I mean? I think it's, I don't have a problem with this, to be honest. No, I don't, I don't have a problem with the tournament existing. But the, here's but here's the problem: if you do have uh, Joaquin Wow, also known as DJZ, mm-hmm. I got um, all the names. And he's going to be uh, taking on An- Angel Garza or you know Garza Junior. Yeah, Humberto. Um, right. Um, you got Trevor Lee, also known as Cameron Grimes, yep. versus uh, Isaiah Scott. Uh, Shane Strickland. So if you got Trevor Lee versus Shane Strickland, which is on on paper, it should be a solid match. Yeah. One of them will have to win the tournament to progress, right? Mm-hmm. So unless you have a Cedric Alexander versus Kota Ibushi type match for every single match in the tournament, some of those guys All that right. get b- bounced in the first round are not going to have a chance to make the impact. Okay, so here, here's the thing. Now, we know these some of these guys have worked with each other for plenty of years in their life. So the Trevor Lee and Shane Strickland, I think you said that's the first round match. I'm not looking at the bracket right now. Um, we, uh, yeah. With with a good amount of confidence, we know that's a, at minimum a B a B match. At minimum, that's a B match. Now, what I think is some of these guys, um, like uh, like uh, like Sam Shaw, for instance, uh, he's been around for 13 years. He's one of those guys that can that primarily, you know, can ultimately work with anybody so when you think about the people that's been around the longest or the people who have the most chemistry together you know that they can they they can put together at least a solid match the the way how the people who can't put together a solid match you just let them go heal you make them make an impact in that in that matter but other than that i mean but you're assuming that the tournament is going to have implications far-reaching implications down the road and given the cruiserweight classic given the honest drain giant battle royal Given every other non, you know, well, non-binding uh, tournament that they've had in recent memory, they don't. I well, wouldn't. Well, for me, when it's NST, I think there will be, and not the fact that they're not banking on it being a show, whatever, whatever else afterwards. Then I think it's fine. Like this, this, this plays into NXT television, so I think that's fine here. I, um, I think it's lazy, and I think everybody deserves a shine. But at the well, same time, let's think about it this hope, way too. We hope like, they get everybody- this that's the that's the thing. We hope they do. Everybody no, I mean, obviously, too, I was, but you got to yeah. still build up these people, you know, that's going to be pushed up. Like, for example, you're going to think the next five people that's going to be leaving Undisputed Era, Velveteen Dream, um, Matt Riddle, all those guys are going to move up very soon. So you got to push it a fast way for them to move up. But I understand what you're saying, Jamal. But it, once again, it's just a quick, easy way for them just to boom, throw them out there saying, hey, we showed you. So if we pull them out again. You won't be surprised. Right. And that yeah. worked out well for Cedric Alexander. It did. It very much so did. Right. Yeah, I mean that's just the power. I think it, I think that was uh, the power of the audience there, and the match itself was one of the best matches of that year. Um, and you know, uh, Kodo Bushi went on to do his thing around the world. Still, um, he, right. did not, he did not want to commit to WWE, although rumors had it that they offered him numerous times. But um, you know, also Kodo Bushi, I'm glad he's alive because if anybody's been watching New Japan. Questionably, I'm not sure about his, his neck health right now because my man's been taking some crazy bumps recently. But um, 
you know, I just think there was so much promise on the fact of like the inaugural cruiserweight champion and then the 205 live show coming that took God knows how long that it did blow the momentum. But if, if 205 live was ready to go a week or two afterwards, I mean, the cruiserweights will arguably still be some of the hottest wrestling on TV. Yeah, they are good wrestling right now and it's good. No one's giving them the love, but. So it literally took them two years, and then they like a brand re uh, redo, and then I think Drake Maverick coming in and you know trying to kind of shaping things up a bit and giving them some structure. Now I'm just gonna say, really, who fought it was was Enzo. It was like Enzo being such a such a like douche on and everything he did, and him being released ultimately was like, oh, we really got to do something now because this guy was our champion. So a little bit of a little bit of Enzo, a little bit of Drake Maverick. I, I don't blame him because in order to get to that position where they need Enzo Amori to save this 205 Live, you have to fall pretty hard, pretty fast. And they did. <laughs> but I, I'm excited for the tournament. I mean, again, I think that there's, again, like this is why I asked, was, am I being too optimistic? I think NXT does a good job with um, with their talent. And we, we've seen some hiccups, like Dijak has been a hiccup, and then he got the momentum, then he got hurt, so we definitely wait for him to get back. But everybody else... You know, the right people that deserve to be on TV, they are on TV. And the reason why I can say something like that is because I was watching the combine. I had no clue they had so many people. At the, I'm not sure if they're – maybe you guys can answer this. Is it people specifically signed to the Performance Center People and people specifically signed to NXT? Is that like different things? I, I can say so. It wouldn't surprise me. You can see the Performance Center is like a, the practice squad. Whereas people That's are, feeling. I mean, it, it makes sense because you have a big, a big venue for something like that where you can use that. Like for example, if you could pay me maybe a hundred thousand dollars a year just to work at the performance center as an up and coming trying to be wrestler, I, I'll do that because mm-hmm. maybe I'll get my shot in about two to three years, which may mimic a practice squad for whatever professional sport that you know that's out there. Yeah, you really think that you really think that somebody on the NXT practice squad is making a hundred k? Just, yeah, just, hypothetical. Just, just hypothetical. I will say okay. this. I will say this, Jamal. $100,000 for, for three years is possible. Now, nah, yes. That's minimum wage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the workout for three years and... Well, know. I mean, it, it is a guaranteed paycheck, and that's kind of what the WWE puts a lot of people behind the eight ball, where it's like, you can make money, but we're going to have to sit over there next to Titus and Catering. Yeah. <laughs> and for yeah. some people, that's okay. And for others, it's, you know, they need a little bit more. So that just depends on you. But, yeah. I mean, you know, shout out to the catering squad, you know, Titus and, oh. uh, you know, Tamina and, yeah. <laughs> What's that, Will? Nice uh, for you to join us tonight. What's going on? What's going on? I managed to make it in. I wasn't expecting to hear cruiserweight talk when <laughs> I when I tagged in. But uh, what we're talking about, the NXT uh, breakout tournament is what yeah, I'm hearing? Yeah, but simply enough, is it a good idea? And what's your thoughts on this tournament? Is this like a – do you feel like this is a sound method to get to the abundance of talent that they signed over this year to quickly get them um, instated into – the you know the mainstream crowd when i say mainstream not the main roster but the wwe crowd that only watch wwe yeah i mean i look at it like this they're they're doing an eight-man tournament and pretty much everyone in it is new faces to the wwe audience if you're not going to introduce them like this i mean what are you gonna do you gonna spread these eight guys out over the next year and do it that way i mean i think from what we've seen with the nxt call-ups back in the winter and stuff that um that doesn't necessarily work either 
So I think getting the guys out there, getting them in the mix, putting them in a tournament with the focus being on them specifically getting the showcase and the spotlight to work against each other and show their best stuff. I think that's a good way of going about it. Cause otherwise you could just have them going out there and being like, Oh, here's, um, uh, what's his, what are they calling him now? Um, he was DJ Z, but now he is a what? Uh, wow. Joaquin wild. There yeah. you go. They could be throwing Joaquin wild out there in his debut against Adam Cole and have him get squashed in three minutes for all we know. So <laughs> I think it's a better way of doing it than doing random stuff like that and throwing him in there against a name. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. And during this time of year during the summer, that's this is the time of year when you can do that sort of thing because they're not building towards WrestleMania. They're not building towards like a big, huge show. They can just run the tournament and with the idea that, okay, we could run the finals at TakeOver. But everything else, you know, they're not in a rush right now with trying to get a ton of stuff over right at this moment. So I think it's the timing's good for it, I think, more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I'm just slurring everything. Uh, any other comments on that? Not for me. We're good to go. If you want to switch it? All right. What else are we talking about today? What okay. So um, I know how much of a fan you are of uh, I Saudi. What? I, I, I thought you were going to say it because I got a joke for you later. I thought you was about to sing. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. I got one um, for you, too. <laughs> I, I know how much you guys, you guys are a fan of the Saudi Arabia shows. Huh. And... <laughs> and the they're, they're going to be back. Um, they're going to be back in November. Oh. The problem is, is oh, that the yeah. November first show is a Friday, <laughs> which is now the home of SmackDown on Fox. Oh, SmackDown's that. SmackDown Fox is going to be uh, live from Newark, New Jersey, a beautiful brick city. Extra oh, by yeah. name. That's right. Um, yeah, down the street from your hometown of Patterson. <laughs> um, Great and. There's a show in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia at the King Saad uh, University Stadium. So the question is, do you think the WWE tapes SmackDown and hence sends everybody to Saudi Arabia except the women and Sami Zayn? Um, <laughs> or do they send only the raw talent and some NXT guys uh, except the women and Sami Zayn to, um, to Saudi Arabia? That's a, that's a good question. Uh, just just to say, like, it really isn't a raw SmackDown with this little wild card rule anyway. But just just to answer your question, I would say it would be smarter to send the raw guys over. But if WWE is um, thinking what I think they'll do, I think they'll probably keep some of their heavy hitter names here locally, um, but still put some of their throwback names like Undertaker or Goldberg or whoever they want to bring back again. And Goldberg's not going. Started. Oh, well, they'll put those like names out in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> it's, it's cool. As long as they book, if Goldberg can't go, that's fine because um, I'm just going to throw this out there. They just need to have another Hell in a Cell match. We just need Mick Foley versus Undertaker one more time. End it all. Well, no, the main event is going to be Shane McMahon and WWE champion, uh, you know, versus right. somebody. You're right. That is that's gonna, that. gonna, gonna bring Sting out of retirement. <laughs> oh, there oh, we go. They, Just they, gonna they, have to go against Seth again. Got got to bring another you know old timer out there. I think Silly Cell is right on the right track. That what they're gonna do. They 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 are not gonna tape SmackDown just one month into the Fox. No, they can't. There's no way. They gotta do. They gotta do two crews. You send one crew to Saudi Arabia with some stars. And then of course the big thing that you can do there is you bring some old timers specifically for that show. Since that's what that show is marketed for. And it's, it's marketed on nostalgia. And then you keep everyone else back 
for SmackDown on Fox. And you do you do double duty that night. You run two crews because with the money involved, you can afford to do it. And you got deep enough of a roster that you can totally do it. That's how I would handle it. Yeah, not even that. Not even that, too. It's November. It's pivotal. Uh, it's a pivotal time on a road to WrestleMania. Series. Yeah. And, um, you know, not a not a bad time to bring Ronda Rousey back. Um, as, as she is <laughs> one of the most vocal people for that Fox deal. Um, yeah, you, you got enough talent in the women's roster alone to carry the show and um, enough big names for the uncasual fans to say, I know that person because of their name or I know that person because of their pop- popularity. I mean, hell, you bring John Cena back at this point. Uh, but yeah, the, the roster is big enough that they can they can double down. I mean, I won't be mad to see Dolph Ziggler versus I don't know Luke Harper at at uh at, in Saudi Arabia. I mean that'd be a good match, right? No, mm-hmm. I mean but, uh, it wouldn't be a terrible match. But the problem is, is that the Saudi you know crowd doesn't really seem to give a goddamn about anybody that stopped wrestling after two thousand two. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But, I mean, like I've never. I mean, it, 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 it sounded like a funeral in there where you had seventy five thousand people not really giving a damn about current ish guys. Um, and then the Undertaker comes out and Goldberg comes out and they do their 15 minute entrance and it's hype mm. for the first time in a long time. And then <laughs> the match happens and it is what it is. But th- that seems to be what they care about. Everybody's still playing No Mercy over there and they haven't upgraded the SmackDown versus Raw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know who they can, they can run with? They can run with what's his name? Mansoor. They they got they got they got to run with their dude who won the battle royal. That's like the you, national you, hero now. Right, you exactly. are right. You are right. Him, yeah. You. <laughs> That's who's gonna wrestle Shane. He's gonna you get his go. title shot. Oh, you are right. I didn't. Even yeah, know. I don't. I, well, Shane has to beat him, and I don't think they want that heat. You know, <laughs> with uh, with with the Saudi government. You know, and, and Shane McMahon. <laughs> Very true. Very yeah, true. Bad, bad things happen if you if you cross the Saudi government. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. Before you brought up this topic, I thought she was going to say something more important to your liking. That um, one of your favorite superstars, um, who obviously went to the last Saudi Arabia show, uh, and Laurel Sullivan is out for six, six to nine, nine months. months? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I was going to talk about that later, and I was kind of going to bury it because um, let me let me see if I can put this correctly. Fuck Laurel Sullivan and his bum ass legs. <laughs> Um, I wasn't. Sure. I thought you was going to be hurt. I wasn't sure. I mean, I, I am hurt. I, I, I really am hurt. The fact that he will actually get an opportunity to come back, <laughs> and um, and that it will extend his contract for however many months that he has off. I mean, you normally you don't really want to see anybody get hurt, no matter how shitty their storyline is, and and all or these other are. things. Um, or, or they are, but yeah. and but I think, um, in general, um. Yeah, he can go scratch, and I, I won't miss him. Uh, he doesn't need to come back. The, the real problem is, uh, if, if you want to talk about justice, where the hell has Rusev been? Now, I know that he worked, um, you know, a super shoddy uh, show, uh, showdown. Super st- <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was, I think. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just funny hearing it. So, I know that he worked that, and that was like maybe two weeks ago. Haven't really seen him since. And I, I don't think he's going to be at Stomping Grounds presented by Timberland in your house. So <laughs> Presented by <laughs> a Caterpillar. Yeah, steel, yeah, he's not going to be at Steel Toe Boots in your house. So <laughs> where, I mean, if you, you, you have a Lars Sullivan, who is the guy with a look that they wanted, 
and you have a Rusev, which is a browner guy with that look that they wanted, and they're not using him. He's apparently, I just checked, he has been working house shows. He's been doing, they've been running a SmackDown tag title triple threat matches with Daniel Bryan and Rowan against the Usos and then Rusev and Nakamura. So that's what he's doing. He's doing the, he's doing the house show loop in the tag title scene. Ah, he still gets his paycheck. Well, good for him. He's being Bam used is- at least. He's not sitting at home. True. Better than catering. Better than catering. Um, but well, actually, what I wanted uh, to talk about is somebody that will be leaving is uh, Nikki Bella. Yeah, um, I saw that. Not a fan of hers particularly. Not a fan of her wrestling. Um, however, yeah, she has a cyst in her brain. That's tough. So that's kind of fucked. That's a slip disc. Well, I mean, the, the the thing with her back was, you know, a, kind of a known thing, but like yeah. having issues. an actual cyst on your brain yeah, forcing you to retire at 35. So, you know, at, when you think of like a wrestling career, that just the future, the road seems to be endless almost, and the future seems so bright, and then all of a sudden, you have a cyst in your brain, and now you're 35. So, what is the hopefully her quality of life will continue uh, and maintain its high standard? But, but damn, you know. Uh, hopefully that you know her and, and her family can you know, everything that needs to happen to, to get over the hump can can happen, but you never really want to see that type of thing. And it, it would be quite a justice if she had a bum leg and Bloss Sullivan had the cyst on his brain. Uh, that would explain a lot. <laughs> it absolutely would. <laughs> but you know, I, and I can say this with a straight face, though I'm not a fan, still much respect to her and, and her career. And she had a hell of a run regardless. And it will be unfortunate that it has to end this way with same thing with Paige, you know, Nikki Bella. It's, you know, it ain't ballet, as Jim Ross used to say. So uh, good luck to her and, uh, and, her, and her future endeavors. Yep. All the way agree with that one. All the way down the board. Everything you said. Um, so WWE pull out, and uh, they sent in a survey. They emailed a survey to, to people. And it says in a quote, as we consider the selection of future host cities, please indicate your interest in <laughs> attending a future WrestleMania event in the following cities. There's a bunch of cities listed. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm going to start at the bottom. San Antonio. Uh, Jacksonville. No, no. So yeah, just give me a yes or no. San Antonio. Okay. No. no. Jacksonville. Yes. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Never been to Jacksonville, so I don't know. Trust me, there's, there's no nothing reason, there. There's no reason to go to Jacksonville. There's a bridge <laughs> and, and a mall that may still be there, but questionable, and that's it. Wait, they're going to go, they go, they go through with AEW? <laughs> that's who they are. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dallas, the, Fort Worth, Arlington, Texas. Nope. Basically, no. the Cowboy Stadium. Yeah, yes, that was nice. Ugh, Texas Orlando. Texas. I love Orlando, yes. Uh, no, not for me. Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I can see that. I hate Atlanta. Burn it to the ground. I hate um, Atlanta too, but I like the, the stadium. Uh, Philly. No. no. Chicago. Yes. No. Chicago day, yeah. every day. All Chicago day. in early March? No. Oh, in March. Jeez. I mean, it's just WrestleMania we're talking about. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Didn't, everything's changed. All my answers are quite almost changed. Okay, Miami. Mm. No. Yeah. Vegas. Yeah. Yes. Vegas wants that new stadium's built. Yeah. Yes, correct. Vegas in March is the, some of the best weather you get. Right. Uh, Indy. 
Oh no, March. No. <laughs> oh uh, no. But it's, it's an indoor stadium. Yeah, but you still got to get there. Who no. wants to go to Indianapolis? I love uh, Indianapolis. I would yeah, say Lucas Oil Stadium is nice, but no. <laughs> uh, London. That's the that's the end game. That is the end game. Well, see, the thing about London is it's going to rain. So it's going to rain. It's going to be cloudy, and then it's going to rain again. Um, the San Francisco uh, South Bay area because they said San Francisco, no. Santa Clara, and San Jose. Yeah, they're, they're, they've already done that. Yeah, uh, San Diego. Oh, oh, I love favorite, San Diego, favorite city in America. I would still, I would say no to San Diego because the reason why the Chargers left is because they play in a crap stadium that's fifty years old. Yeah, but they so can unless also, they're going to have WrestleMania at Petco Park, at which Peco, is, exactly what I was about to say. Yep. Yeah. Um, which is a little bit smaller than they want to do because they're trying to get the 70, 80,000 uh, uh, person mark. You're not going to do that in a baseball stadium. Yeah, but that, I mean, if, if the goal is to get more, I mean, they just did 56 this year, right? Uh, where was WrestleMania this year? It was in Jersey. It was in Jersey, yeah. yeah. Right, so, so that's, oh, that's no, 80,000. Yeah, that's Matt, much bigger, Matt, yeah. Right, so they haven't been in the baseball stadium since, like, what, Safeco Field for WrestleMania well, 19? Well, well, wait, wait, wait. I take that back. They could do Pepco. Pepco stands alone can do – I'm not sure I should look that up, but I want to say about 60. And There isn't do- a baseball stadium in the country that comes close to the smallest football stadium. Period. I mean, like, maybe Dodger Stadium is, like, 50,000, but that was built in the 60s. But by and large, baseball stadiums are in the thirty-five to 40,000 range. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's – I'm and they're trying to get 60-plus. So, it's I mean, unless they do Petco, which would be fine. They have a beach in center field. But, but uh, Qualcomm Stadium is trash. And that's why the Chargers left. Yeah. Sorry, uh, San, sorry San Diego. But you know what it is. It says capacity is 42, and the record they've done was 45. So, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, Seattle. Yes. I'd be yes. down for Seattle. Yeah, um, even though too. it's outdoors it's in rain. March. It's going to rain. Uh, Tampa. I'm, uh, yeah, they're doing, they're doing Tampa. They're doing Tampa. <laughs> they're doing yes. Tampa, yeah. but Tampa's next. Yeah, uh, New Orleans. No, again, again. again. I mean, again. I like it, but it's not soon again. <laughs> uh, Los Angeles. No. Houston. Nah. No. No. You said uh, Phoenix. No. Yeah, Houston. No, and also no. Uh, Dallas over Houston. If you're going to Texas, go to Dallas. Uh, Phoenix. No. Yes, I would say yes to Phoenix. Ciudad uh, de Mexico, Mexico City. Yes. Nope. Oh, yes. I know. I would love Mexico City. I know a few people down there. <laughs> I would, we we see some video for some wrestling in Mexico City. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> insane. Is Tijuana um, on this list? Uh, I no, they don't have a big enough stadium in Tijuana. Um, I would love Mexico City um, if they have a really uh, decent football state soccer stadium down there. Mm-hmm. Um, Toronto. Yes, it's been a long time since they done Toronto on the fence. On the fence, yeah, Toronto. Um, Yeah, I love Toronto, and I hope to be there in August for uh NXT takeover. Uh, Toronto again, uh, Boston, no, no, uh, and not in that time of year, and lastly, Washington, (laughs) D.C. Finally, (laughs) that's why that's why I read it. That's why I read it from the bottom up because D.C. was actually the first on the list. I mean, let's be honest, I would love for it to be here, but no. No, not at all. I mean, so I will say yes. No, FedExville is garbage, and yeah, it has to be a new stadium. It yeah, has to be a new stadium. FedEx is garbage, and Me. then if you think about people coming, matter of fact, let's just think about this. We didn't live in this area. FedEx is right there, and where would Takeover be at? Cap One. Yeah, yeah. Cap One. Let's talk about that commute now. What commute? 
What, what commute? I mean, if you're going to take over, then you're just going to the Verizon Center. I think yeah. what I'm saying is when I want to when I go to WrestleMania, I like things to be centric. I like you know it that's, will be centric because it'll be Capital One Center for NXT. How is that any different than Jersey? I mean, wasn't Takeover in Brooklyn? I I yeah, exactly. Again, I didn't like Jersey, and everybody that went, I thought it was sweet. When they got that Uber ride that said a hundred dollars to get back, they weren't yeah. happy. Well, well I mean, you would have to be, you would have to be, you know, Nikki Bella in the head to take an Uber ride to from uh, Jersey to Brooklyn. That's but silly. That, but see, that's what people thought. They look at it and they say, "Oh, it's just that close, so it's not a problem." But it's a straight shot metro because you can go from FedEx to even downtown, and you can use the convention center next to Capital One for all your access stuff. Everything right. still metro accessible. Where, where the hell would access be at in DC? The convention center. Convention center. Convention center is massive. Okay, yeah. and again, that's not even that close. Yes, it it's is. Right next, it's right next to Capital One. It's like six blocks. I'm talking about the FedEx. That's FedEx where you're right. The only thing one... at FedEx though is Mania itself on that side. Right. They only have one show at FedEx. Yeah. I, unless I just feel spoiled by how New Orleans is set up. You I'm do like, because New Orleans sucks, and it's a small town. But also, Tampa is going to be really centric as well, too, with everything being near. No, it's not. Raymond James Stadium is nowhere near the Emily Arena. Is that where is that where Tego is going to be at? That's where it should be because that's their main hockey uh, hockey basketball stadium. Mm. Raymond James Stadium is not close to downtown. It's like in in west of downtown. It's near the airport. Well, if it and, comes if it comes to DC, that would that would that would definitely be a change. But also, too, you would uh, go. You, you would go. Cut the shit. You would go. And number one. You don't live in the, in the city. Yeah, here's another question. Can they do anything at that new Audi stadium? It's too small. That thing's really why? small. I never really been. I mean, they, they can do takeover there. Yeah, I've never been. That's what I'm asking. Is there any possibilities there? It's it's 20,000 max. Yeah, okay. It's it's small. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's, small. it's built for soccer, so it's very vertical. Like It's built for soccer in America. So. Uh, yeah. I thought, um, unless I'm tripping, I thought they not only were they doing soccer there, I thought like uh, WNBA was going to be there too. No, that's no, the other reason. The XFL team is going to play there. Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah uh, WNBA plays. It'll be a great venue for that. Yeah, WNBA definitely doesn't play in an outdoor arena, number one. Uh, but they also play in Southeast at St. Elizabeth's. Yeah. Uh, and for those who don't know, St. Elizabeth's is a former, uh, like a condemned mental hospital uh, from the Civil War. That has now been turned into a, a, a lovely uh, mixed-use uh, basketball arena district. So have fun with that. Mm. But so, it's not. But still, I mean, DC is a viable option. There are three airports in town. The convention yep. center is huge. It's walking yep. distance to the arena that they've yep. used before. That they use all the time. They're coming in July um, for a house show at, at the Verizon Center. Um, FedEx is the only show that would be um, hosting an event, and that's WrestleMania. Yep. And honestly, if you can have it at the Superdome, which is Way older, but not as great as uh, um, as uh, the newer, more, more modern stadiums. If you can have it at there, then you can have you it. Can FedEx. Have FedEx. Yeah, yeah, it's not that bad. I mean, no, it sucks, it's but it's not that bad. Um, and then of course the Raw SmackDown Takeover would be at Capital um, One. Capital One. Yeah, it'll be and downtown. You, and, yeah, which is downtown. So, and you know, I don't. Then see access how is the convention center, like you said. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. it, it could be done. It could. It be absolutely done. could be done, especially yeah. compared to Tampa, where the main stadium, uh, Raymond James, is not downtown, where the convention center is walking distance to the arena. So, but, my my question is for you guys: when you talk about WrestleManias, what is the most appealing thing to you? Is it it's the city? It's the city. The city. So not so. Okay, so city. What's what's after city? Um, the indie shows. 
Yeah. No, I mean like, um, I mean, you talking about like accessibility, like how close? Yeah. It is I mean, what else matters there? I mean, for me, my thing is like city first, stadium second, for sure. Oh no, no, my thing is, it, my thing is, it's the um, the city that it's in, and when I say the city, I mean the accessibility of the city. Okay. Uh, do they have get adequate public? Yeah. Do they have adequate public transit to get around? Is it a good place to eat? Do, does your city welcome black people? <laughs> because if my black ass can't get served or a cab, then I'm not going. Um, <laughs> Real and thing. also how ex- and also how expensive it is because Lord knows like this this past year with it being New York everyone knew everything was going to cost an arm and a leg yeah since it was New York City this past yeah. year yeah New York City going- is pretty expensive San Francisco is a hideously expensive city just um, by compared to everywhere um so this is, this is why Vegas is got to be the gold mine right now cheap to stay flights cheap flights yeah and everything you need is right there you walk to the end of the I mean. If the stadium is legit, going to be where the Super Bowl is going to be, which is right next to Mandalay Bay, T-Mobile Arena is three hotels down, and that's got to be where, where takeover is at. And but to make it seem like you're going to be running back and forth between the events on the same day, you're not. I mean, you make it seem like you're like, well, I need to be at T-Mobile Arena by five because there's a WrestleMania. The pre-show starts at, at, at the main stadium. Like, no, that's not how it works. Well, I know logistically when we play WrestleMania, we always like to say we like to be in some type of like triangular vector of the events. We don't want to be right. so off to one. Like for instance, Dallas was such a nightmare because of the fact that like we were in Arlington for one thing and then we had to go to what? Fort Worth? Well, yeah. I, well, yeah, I mean no, if if like um because I think uh Dallas was at the at the uh, football stadium, AT&T Stadium in yep. Irving, Arlington. And then it was at the K Bailey Hutchinson uh Convention Center. I want to say in downtown Dallas, but not okay. the American Airlines Arena. Okay. Um, so that was a, that's a thing. Um, in San Antonio, our Freeman Coliseum is, a, is in the same parking lot as the Alamo Dome. No, as the AT&T Center, which is nowhere near the Alamo Dome. So uh, for Royal Rumble, um, Glendale is not in Phoenix. It's, it's way out in the suburbs. Yeah. Um, and so with no metro out there. Um, <laughs> so good luck with that. So, I mean, so those things, like I personally would not want to go to Phoenix because the stadium isn't like metro accessible. Um, I personally wouldn't want to go to L.A. because traffic kind of sucks, even though the stadiums are, uh, you know, near stuff and things. And everything. Yeah. Yeah. Toronto, everything is downtown. Um, I mean, you can walk from the airport if you depending on what flight you take. You can walk from the airport um, to um, Rogers Center. It's, It's like a half an hour walk. Well, I got a question. We did name a lot of cities, I and mean, there's obviously still tons of cities left. Is there anything named that you guys that just comes to mind really quick that you wouldn't mind have, having it be there? Detroit. Detroit. Mm-hmm. I would love for it to be back in Detroit. In 2023 was the last time they were in Detroit. Yeah. Got a nice stadium. I mean, even though it would be cold outside, you still got a lot of stuff in the city. Well, I mean, the problem with the Super Bowl? Yep, with the dome. No, but the, the problem with the Super Bowl um, is, uh, in, especially in February, is the same problem that they had in Atlanta, and it's a similar problem that they had in Jacksonville, which is essentially in southern Georgia. Uh, it, it's cold in February, and even though Super Bowl Avenue and all the other events and, and things rel- relative to the event, who's going outside for that? <laughs> um, Minneapolis had a Super Bowl recently within the last five years. It was cold as all hell up there. Did the game went on fine. But did you do you really want to be in Minneapolis in February? No, probably not. So WrestleMania, 
uh, I think they have a, a, a similar issue. It's not necessarily the cold, but it's the weather. It can and will rain and snow here in February. Uh, in, in, um, in, in April, rather. Um, and in most of these places, it will. Maybe except for Vegas and Phoenix and Mexico City. Um, so it doesn't it really, uh, you know, other places do have a dome. But, you know, Philly in, in March, it's going to be just as cold as New York. What name I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, name another city. And it's another place you guys would want to see that. So Detroit, what else? Um, uh, for WrestleMania? Um, I would love for it to be at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I'd be out of the box. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, so like they have the Sprint Center in downtown Kansas City. Um, the uh, football and baseball stadium are like maybe 10 miles east of downtown. But it's accessible. Kansas City is like a good, small, mid-sized town. Um, I have no problem with it whatsoever, and the stadium is pretty uh, decent. Nashville will be great. Um, they have a big football stadium there and a hockey arena, that, and they do host events uh, for WWE in downtown Nashville. Um, Broadway is a big deal with all your country bars and stuff like that. So Nashville is a decent-sized town. Um, I mean, but they're trying to go for 70,000-plus yeah. and make WrestleMania to be the Super Bowl where they have access and then take over, and then the indie shows leech off of that, and 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 so on. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm really rooting for Mexico City um, because that would be great. But yeah, I think Kansas for me of the list of people that I didn't name, I would say Kansas City, Nashville, um, Denver. But it will it will be snowing in March though. Yeah, and then after that, will. Nah, man, we hit all the. I think we hit all the major. I think we definitely Yeah, yeah. I think we got our yeah. thought, thoughts on that. I mean, there, I, I, I can, I can going over those last couple that were added there. I can see Nashville getting it eventually. Nashville's really blown up in the last, you know, decade or so, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of media there, that and, that, and that's a big part of it. They want to be somewhere that has a lot of media presence. That's going to get them a lot of publicity. And so I could see them kind of like maybe doing some country themed WrestleMania maybe one year that would really tie in like with Nashville. I, I, I could see that as a very viable possibility. Yeah. I mean, they can, you know, try out Taylor Swift, the host, or Jeff Jarrett or Molly Cyrus. They're all from Nashville. And- <laughs> oh, you can't say little, you got to say little Nas X now. I mean, oh, my God. I don't think he's from Nashville. He's not, but doesn't matter. He's the face of country music right now. Yeah. So, and and he will be in 2023. <laughs> uh, I would I would hold on to that. Um, okay. Right. So one 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 other thing before we uh you know keep moving. Yeah. Um, and I know that people are so super excited about Fighter Fest. Um, yeah. Right. June 29th. Mm-hmm. It's going to be ten bucks. Uh, eight pounds ninety nine of the UK and nine ninety nine euros in Ireland. Considering that, uh, really? free here, free yeah, here yeah. on the Bleacher Report app. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's and, not a thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, the next, the next two shows. I never even knew that was a thing mm-hmm. <laughs> until recently. Okay. See, I, I'm I'm reading it as 9.99 worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm thinking that the U.S. is included, included in worldwide. No, it's not. But okay, well, fine. Free in the U.S. Uh, 9.99 everywhere else. Um, eight ninety nine in the UK and nine ninety nine in Ireland euros. Right. Considering that it's basically ten bucks or free or or less wherever you are in the world. Right. And considering that um, double or nothing, which was like their marquee show, 
uh, was anywhere between uh, you know, 20, 30 pounds and 60 bucks in the U.S. Do you think that this dramatic of a price cut hurts um, AEW when, they gets, when it gets to their, their bigger shows? Why would you pay $9.99 for a show of considerable quality in Fighter Fest and then be asked to pay more than that further down the road? Do you think people are willing to buy that? They don't care. At this point now, AEW fans don't care about nothing. AEW can have one match that costs $100 and people will pay for it. Because I swear, their fans d- does not apply logic to anything. Again, I mean, if that match is Cody versus Goldust, then yeah. Right. <laughs> it yeah, could be- right. I, I agree. Right, right now, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter right now. But the question becomes, once that once we're a couple, I would say once the TV show starts in the fall, once we're kind of like this winter and they're, they've had multiple shows, because you know damn well when All Out happens at the end of August, that's going to be 50 bucks again. The big shows are going to be $50, $60. Once that's happened a few times, that's the question. Are people going to keep paying $50, $60 when it's like the fourth Negative. show they've done? Negative. You know? YouTube. I mean, excuse me, uh, Facebook streams are going to be at an all-time high. You know what's funny? I'm surprised those analytics never hit the internet about an abundant spike of bandwidth during certain events <laughs> on youth on Facebook because you know that's what it is. You know that's what's going down. Um, but it, it's not going to care. I, I, I think Jamal poses a really good, interesting question. I think that's why the kind of marketing, fire Festival, or whatever they're calling it, as what it is, has been one thing, but it's kind of like hosting AEW. Such as Download Fest is hosted NXT. I think it's kind of one of those type of deals. So it doesn't really hold the same weight, although it's being marketed by AW as it being like one of their pay per views. But remember, I think like they're using good terminology that if you read between the lines, that is not an AW pr- production. Um, and, and and it's fine if you don't under if people don't understand that because All In is what people thought was AW's first show, and that's not true. But if you Listen to the Bucks talk. You would think it was. Uh, speaking of All In and uh, uh, and what it t- took to put together that show, ROH. I, I said before we start the air, we we get down on our time. Now, everyone who's you've been watching New Japan Pro Wrestling know you go you get ready for the G One, uh, which is uh, probably some of the best wrestling that that New Japan put on during the year outside mm-hmm. of uh, um, outside of you know Wrestle Kingdom, their their WrestleMania and. Um, which is past the um the juniors, the super, super juniors, the super juniors. Yeah. Um John Mosley, Dean Ambrose, whatever you want to know him by us right now. He said he, he's gonna participate in it, but <laughs> he's not gonna be able to participate on the G1 uh, climax 20 on the 29th, which will be taking place at the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas on July 6th. Um, and it reads additionally, he would not be in attendance for the G1 climax. Uh, 21 press conference taking place on July 5th. Uh, Mosley will join the tour July 13th in Tokyo. So there was a confusion with the fans and they want to apologize. Um, also, this, the, the G1 is stacked this year. Like, really good names in it. But nonetheless, um, All Elite Wrestling, AW does not have a working relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling. So the people that's been working New Japan's uh, that's on AW roster, Moxley, Jericho, and Kido Mega have ability to work New Japan events, 
but just not in the United States. So my question I want to ask you guys now, I, I, I really don't even have a question. I want to know your guys' thoughts or reactions to this. Is this like, I mean, obviously we know AEW <laughs> has reached out to try to work a deal with New Japan. Mm-hmm. Was it a bad idea that they didn't? And then what? What I asked Jamal before we got on air today: What if they did? What would be? What would happen to ROH if this would have happened? We know ROH is trending on, on on thin ice for a second. Also, side note: ROH has been making really good signings to the women's division recently. If you haven't been paying attention, um, but beyond that, um, I just want to know what you guys thought about this whole or de- or, or Shabako with uh, with this going on. <laughs> <laughs> this was the number one thing I was looking to talk about. So I'm glad y'all hadn't got to it yet. Because this story with, with uh, John Moxley, I had a big laugh over this this week. Because we literally now know New Japan has a United States champion that cannot work in America for them. <laughs> when you lay it out like that, when you lay it out like that, that's a that's a straight up that sounds like a TNA story or something. <laughs> I mean, the, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, you put the US title on somebody that cannot even work an American show for you. <laughs> that's, that that's just that's just wild. And of course, being it's New Japan, there weren't too many people who were gonna clown on them as hard as they would for if it was TNA, if it was ROH, if it was WWE. I mean, I that's just wild to me. I think the bigger story here is this. We just heard all these interviews from Moxley and, and from a lot of people, you know, they're unhappy with WWE about how they want their freedom. They want their freedom and they want to be able to do what they want to do. And now we have someone who's left and gone to AEW and made a big splash. And what's one of the very first things that's happening now is AEW is putting their foot down and saying, no, we have us exclusive rights to you. We're going to keep you from doing this. You can't work this show because we say so. So that freedom disappearing real quick. And I I don't blame AEW. They're just enforcing their contracts just like WWE would. But I think we're already seeing it's a case of buyer beware. You sign these contracts just because you're not in WWE doesn't mean you're not going to get treated like you're in WWE. I don't so, think I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think that's like a little bit. That's not the freedom that they're talking about. Um, when when it comes down to booking and securing dates and stuff like that, um, knowing that in advance probably t- probably takes a lot of weight off of the shoulders of the wrestlers. Um, when it comes down to the creative freedom and the creative license to be the characters that they know that they want to be in the directions that they want to take them, I think that's where AEW has a little bit more leverage and could be more appealing to wrestlers that where WWE has to appeal to a particular audience where AEW is gathering their audience currently and will do so at the next big stop on the road to October in June, uh, June 29th. So this character that is Don John Moxley, who is not Dean Ambrose uh, in any way, maybe has the freedom that he wants. And then, of course, to have a working relationship with New Japan to go out there and do things is something that would never have happened in WWE. So... Have the have the gloves come completely off and they're fully well? No, obviously not. But are they able to do things and surprise people in ways in unprecedented ways per WWE uh, rules? Yes, they have, and we've seen it in Japan uh, when Ambrose showed up there. So I, I really hope I hope that it's not like the case of them them stifling them. But I don't think it is. 
let me ask this question back to you guys, and I'm going to just put it back to you, you know, to see how you guys feel about it. Just future sense-making. Do you think AEW is trying to shoot, like, like throw little pebbles to see if they can do this long-term, where they're trying to monopolizing New Japan or always or some of these other independents so it can really make themselves a big powerhouse, but they're trying to do this in little bits early to see what they can monopolize later? I think this is something that uh, we talked about before we got started live, is that uh, AEW has stayed... 100% of their lane. They're not put, they haven't put out any extra uh, being the elite in, in, other than like the pre tape stuff from China. They're right. not, you know, advertising like super hardcore on TNT as of yet that I'm, that I'm hearing because I don't have cable, don't know. Um, they're not, you know, they're, they're doing their shows and they're not exactly like trying to overtake everything. They're not spending all of their money before they make it. They, they're going to put on four shows before October. Definitely four that we know of. And then uh, with the two months between August 31st and October, whenever they, they premiere, mm-hmm. it's not there. So they're not really putting the car before the horse. And as far as this, uh, you know, fire fest, we have eight matches booked and the next show, you know, we have six matches booked and so on, you know, down the road. So I think that they've given people just enough to be interested, but not enough to start to put pieces together. Mm-hmm. Whereas WWE people are, are fantasy booking all the way up to next WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Whereas in AEW, you don't know. Hell, we don't even know who signed. Right. Let alone what the match is going to be. Right one week out, right? Right. So, and we're, we're a week away from you know from this thing going down. What next Saturday? So, I think that they're actually <clears throat> measured and measuring themselves in a very realistic way, and that is good. They have the element of surprise on their side. Yeah. I I can agree with that. I can agree with that. That because a lot of what they're doing right now, we got to keep in mind, is in the build up to the TNT launch in October or whenever it's going to be. I keep saying October. That's the assumption, but we don't know that for sure. Right. Um, A lot of what they're doing right now is they're laying a foundation. They're getting pieces in place, and also they're running these shows to get footage to have stuff that they can show of what AEW is. Because you got to remember, they don't own the footage to all in. So the only footage they have so far is these little indie shows they've run, the footage from Double or Nothing, and just anything else they've put together themselves in the meantime. Mm -hmm. They have a very, very small library to work with. So that's a lot of what they're doing right now. It's just like, okay, now we have this footage of this Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes bloodbath that happened that we can put out there and like get people's attention with. It's The next few months, a lot of it is just kind of amassing a library of just what is AEW because God, they got to have something they can put out there by the time the TNT launch happens to be able to hook people. And so- to be fair, they don't actually don't have an outlet for this stuff anyway. Uh, so what if they have the scissor reel ready, if they don't have anyone to show it to outside of their YouTube channel of a hundred something thousand subscribers. Yeah. So I, I hope, you know, obviously uh, as we go along towards the fall, things will become a lot more clear. But the real is, is that the AEW is not without fault. You know, like, they haven't put on a perfect show yet. They put on a damn good show, but we're comparing it to WWE, which is, you know, in a recession right now. So, (laughs) well, there is that. But that that Saudi (laughs) money, we'll pull them up into the black. But (laughs) but the bottom line is, is that AEW is not without fault, but they're doing enough of the right things where we're willing to give them the benefit of the doubt that their faults, which could be potentially major, um, from the production issues to Alex Marvez being basically a ham sandwich on the inside um, to, <laughs> you know, a lot of the like 
things that you take for granted in high quality production that are like, oh, who did that? So AEW definitely has to I have to iron out some kinks before they go live on TNT. And then what? You know, what storylines are going to lead into there? What what's their roster going to look like? What what are the women going to do? Um, you know, they want to talk about in- exclusivity, inclusiveness in their roles by having transgender, um, you know, wrestlers and stuff like that, and equal pay and 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 you know all the good stuff. So, do we expect Nala Rose to take on John Moxley at a pay per view? I'd be down for it, but like, what what we don't know what AEW is as of yet, and I think in the puzzle in the big thousand piece puzzle we've only seen maybe 10 percent of it so i you know that's what i'm looking forward to this summer and as they, they keep going forward we'll know a little bit more but you know everybody's everybody speculated but the only people that aren't talking is AEW. yeah i agree i have nothing to add to that but i agree um well, the only thing we didn't we didn't add here is that the fans online already are saying they're not watching WWE no more because AEW is the best thing happening. And I, I don't know what they're watching, but I'm I'm just curious if you guys had you know one of those illegal streams or something on hand because as far as I'm concerned, I seen one show of theirs and that was it. But you know, in due time, it good, it's a lot of good wrestling going on. But there's no reason for people to be hype beasting before they even a product has even actually um, continued to prove that. That you know that they are um, that they're that they're true contenders. You know what I mean. In that case, like Impact is also still making strides. They're getting another another TV deal. Apparently, this one's going to be better. So we'll see what's happening. I don't know. Um, anything else, y'all guys want to add before we sign off for tonight? Uh, one very last thing, really quickly. Evolve uh, June 29th is apparently a big wrestling weekend. Evolve 1:30 uh, is June 30th in Brooklyn. At that church that we went to uh, before SummerSlam, that was hotter than hell. St. <laughs> um, Finbar's Catholic Church Gym in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Evolve 129 is the night before, June 29th, at LaBoom, Great Nachos, um, in Queens, New York. Uh, and I bring that up because the Undisputed Era, uh, Roderick Strong and, Ka- and Cal O'Reilly with uh, Bobby Fish, are going to be taking on WWN's uh, champion JD Drake and Anthony Henry. Um, Eddie Kingston's on the card. Um, Shachi Blackheart's on the card. Um, so, and Sean Maluda's on the card. On Sunday, uh, you got uh, Kyle O'Reilly versus Josh Briggs. Fish is going to be there. Um, so, it's AR Fox versus Sean Maluda is going to be an interesting matchup. Um, so, yeah, I'm actually quite interested to see uh, NXT you know, superstars for real. Uh, the biggest thing that NXT has going on right now back and evolve uh, doing their thing. So if you really want to see the NXT guys up close in a way that you really can't do at a WWE show, make your way to New York City next weekend. Yep, yep, that's true. While oh. you're streaming AEW on Breacher Report. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Also, check out, I was just watching, um, before we started, I was watching on Viceland. Um, uh, they have a wrestling series that's on there. I think it's called The Wrestler. Um, and episode five of it features, it's called Most Powerful Woman, and it features a friend to the show, and me and him, and you get to see behind the scenes some of her life struggles and challenges and uh, and, and other things that she represents in her life, in her daily life outside of just being a professional wrestler in WWE, along with, uh, with, along with other wrestlers from all over the world is featured in that little short documentary. So check it out. It's pretty cool. I think you can get Viceland online for free. I'm not sure. I'm, I might have, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, check it out for sure. 
Um, but yeah, that's all we got for the week. Um, uh, we will be back next week with our regular shebang, and uh, I think that's it. Is that it, guys? Hand that up. I think that's it. All right. So, uh, thanks for tuning in, and like I said, we'll catch you guys next week.